Lantern Podcast Episode 4, Into the Pages of Uppercase Magazine with Janine Van Gool. On today's episode, Janine speaks to us about creating a business that makes her feel proud. Conceptually, one of my favorite issues is a color issue in rainbow order from start to finish. That was kind of epic, so I'm, I'm really happy with that one. And one that allows her to share creative ideas with the world. Feeling creatively fulfilled and feel like I'm thriving, I think that's what's going to be showing up in my magazines. Welcome to Lantern, the podcast where we shine a light on making it as a maker. I'm your host, Julianne Steedman, professional artist, mentor, and champion for makers. The Lantern Podcast explores what it takes to be a maker, someone who creates beauty with their hands. We delve into how to create in a way that is sustainable and authentic, and dig deep into how to take your making and turn it into a successful creative business. Today I am thrilled to welcome Janine Van Gool of Uppercase Magazine to the podcast. Janine is a businesswoman that I have long admired. She is the founder, publisher, editor, and designer of this inspiring magazine. Uppercase is an independent, ad-free magazine that sparks imagination and creativity. Janine's passion for her work is visible in each and every issue of the magazine. In a digital world, she strives to create a beautiful, tangible celebration of creativity each quarter of the year. Before we dig into today's episode, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about Compass, the Society of Makers and Dreamers. This is a membership created especially for makers, a place filled with inspiration and content that will help you on your journey to becoming a thriving maker. It combines educational content, mentorship, and a private members-only community. Enrollment is open Monday, March 9th until March 16th, and after this, the next time to enroll won't be until September. So if this sounds like something you're looking for, I suggest checking it out. You can find all the details at heirloomisland.com. Hi, Janine. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Can you give us a bit of background about yourself? I'm Janine, and I am living in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And um, my background, creatively speaking, is I'm trained as a graphic designer. And um, I use those skills on a daily basis, plus a whole bunch of other ones, being editor, publisher, and designer for my company, which is called Uppercase. Wonderful. So... You started a magazine. That's like a pretty awesome thing. How did Uppercase come to be? Well, it started many years before the magazine came out. As I mentioned, I was a graphic designer. And so I had been designing publications for other people and other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that kind of inkling that someday I would like to use those skills and design my own magazines and books. Mm-hmm. So when the uh, magazine I had been working for uh, folded up uh, and decided to publish no more, the magazine part of my brain was available. (laughs) So I started thinking about, well, maybe now I could do a magazine. Um, That was in 2008 when I was thinking about it. And at the time, um, there were a lot of magazines folding um, not only this small one that I worked for here in Canada, but kind of the big ones like Martha Stewart had a magazine that yeah. went belly up and the first iteration of Domino magazine and some other creative magazines were having trouble. And for some reason I thought, oh, this is the exact time when I should launch my magazine, <laughs> <laughs> partly because I was filling a void for myself that I didn't have enough to read. But um, 
I don't know, I just forged ahead from there. So the first issue came out in 2009. So how does a typical issue come to life, like from the initial idea to it being printed? It seems like a lot of magic happens every three months to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's not exactly um, a linear journey. Now that I've been doing this for so long, I can think about multiple issues at a time and sort of plan ahead and start, as I see things, like, can start slotting them into future issues or identify themes or areas of interest that I'd like to explore. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually actively thinking about two to three issues at one time, and then schedule-wise, I'm designing the next issue. So it's a lot of uh, multitasking for my brain. No kidding, yeah. <laughs> and how do you come up with the themes for the issues? Um, I'm always looking. So um yeah so i'm just inspired by a lot of different topics and when i am doing things like looking on instagram for example or even reading my inbox or um, reading the news i'm always got that filter of what would be interesting for uppercase magazine or how can i um, be inspired by this um, topic and make it applicable for uppercase and its readership so yeah, basically my brain is always on and I'm always looking and, and curating and thinking. Um, and uh, now that the magazine is um, over 10 years old, I have a really great connection with my readers and mm-hmm. lots of open calls for submissions and people email me and tell me what they're up to. And so there's there's ideas coming at me all the time. <laughs> That's one of the things I love about the magazine is that each issue is so different from the last. It's it's constantly changing and evolving. It's, I, I love it. Yeah. So do you have, I have a favorite one. Do you have a favorite issue or one that really stands out for you? Um, I can't pick a darling. It's like my baby. <laughs> it's it wouldn't be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always say the most recent one because it feels like the, the biggest accomplishment yeah. to keep going after all these years and still be able to do it and still create something that I feel really um, happy with and proud of and that the, there's something about it that, you know, I've pushed through a particular hurdle or a creative block that I might have been having or I t- tested out some new fonts in the design. Like there's always a little reason that I I attach to each issue about why it might be my favorite one in the moment. Yeah. Um, my I think, though, conceptually one of my favorite issues is I think it's number 22 mm-hmm. and it was a, a color issue. And that one was arranged by chromatic order. So it was a challenge to come up with the content so they would fit in rainbow order from start wow. to finish. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of epic. That sounds <laughs> like a challenge. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm I'm really happy with that one. So I, I like that one quite a bit. So can you tell us about the Encyclopedia of Inspiration? Yes. So as if I didn't have enough to do with this <laughs> quarterly magazine, it seems that I have extra ideas. <laughs> and so this Encyclopedia of Inspiration, um, it's a series of books, and I say that it comes out in whimsical, non-alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. And each book is a deep dive in a particular topic. So um, recently there's a book called Printmaker, and that's all about people um, and companies who... Uh, make things using print as their main medium, whether they're letterpress printers or silkscreen artists or um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's another volume, um, B for Botanica, and that was all things inspired by 
botanical um, plants, leaves, flowers, all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right now I'm working on two volumes. One is volume C for ceramics and volume Y for yarn, thread, and string. So, so these are just books where I can have more space for content because they're usually over 300 pages each. Mm -hmm. And like an encyclopedia, they are meant to be full of diverse um, points of view and interesting um, different like different kinds of styles, different approaches that you can pick up one the encyclopedia, open it up and be inspired just by this diversity of, of thought and creativity. That's that's exactly they are inspiring and so beautiful to flip through. They make a great Thank gift. You. Yeah. So a few years ago you decided to remove all of the ads from your magazine. And what prompted you to make that change? Um, well at the beginning, well, over 10, 10 years ago when it was launching, there were a few ads here and there just because it was a magazine. It seemed like it's supposed to have ads. Yes. That's how it was back in the day. Um, so I had a few just uh, people I knew or, or companies that I reached out to or individual um, creatives. So I try that off and on. Think, but the main thing about Uppercase is it's always been supported by its readers and its subscribers. Mm-hmm. So... At the beginning, um, it was never um, the plan to have ads that would support the magazine. They would just be supplemental, and if it resulted in extra income, that would be great. Yeah. Um, and just over time, it it was not of interest to me personally to have to sell ads. Like it's really difficult, and I don't feel like a saleswoman, and I just that just didn't suit me very well. Yeah. And I tried hiring people to sell ads, and they didn't. It was, I think it's a mission impossible and they weren't able to do that either. <laughs> and then there was the time when everyone was monetizing their blogs and there's just too much advertising altogether. And then advertisers would want to, they would like me to control the content that I was producing and be influenced mm-hmm. by the advertising. And I, I can't abide by that. Mm-hmm. So there are just all sorts of factors where like, I don't really want ads first of all I'd rather have the pages for my own content and ideas and secondly I just don't have the time or um, interest to kind of work that relationship relationship system that was required for advertising yeah so I just uh, said no I don't need ads and been happy ever since moved on yeah (laughs) awesome yeah it's much simpler and it's just just nice to have the magazine and you go through it and it's not um, broken up by other companies or other thoughts. It's just uh, all the uppercase world that I've been able to create. It's 100% goodness. Yep. Thank you. So here's a big, deep question. What mm-hmm. is the one thing that you love most about your work? Um, I think it's always challenging, and I enjoy that creative challenge. Mm-hmm. So with I'm working on issue 45 right now, and that's a lot of issues. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about it, really it, is. Like I was just thinking that. A, yeah, that's a lot of issues. Ten years of doing this is really not something that I imagined. Like I hoped that it was going to be sustainable and that it would be a, a business that would support my family and my creative endeavors. But thinking about it, and then fast forwarding ten years, I I really didn't know what I was getting into. Um, but yeah, ongoing basis, just this challenge of finding new ideas and always being inspired and maintaining my own 
like personal level of interest in things and, and my enthusiasm for for creativity and art and visual culture because I think I'm still ha- I still have that and it's always reflected back in my magazine. So mm-hmm. as long as I'm like feeling creatively fulfilled and feel like I'm thriving, I think that's what's going to be showing up in my magazine. So totally, I think that's my biggest uh, I don't know accomplishment or, or feeling of success yeah. that I'm I'm still creatively inspired. So if you could go back to issue one and give yourself advice, what advice would you give yourself back then? That's because 45 uh, issues, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not someone who looks back to try and change decisions that I made. Yeah. And yeah. so that has actually been a good thing all, all through this whole <laughs> journey of being in business is when I make a decision, I make it based on all the available information that I have and my skills and abilities that I have in that time. Mm -hmm. And I make a decision and then I go with it and I don't second guess myself or think of the what ifs of things that I didn't do. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what also keeps me going forward. So I don't know if I would say anything in particular to myself back then. It was um, before I had my child, before I became a mom. And so that was a good, <laughs> a good thing to launch the magazine before I became a mom. Yeah. Um, so th- I think the timing personally was just right there because I had a few issues out before I had my son. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I would give myself too much advice just to be prepared for a lot of work <laughs> and the long haul and to just keep on going and it'll work out okay eventually. Yeah. So if artists or makers out there are interested in finding out more about upcoming calls for submission or just more about the magazine, the best place to look would be on your website or I know you also have an awesome newsletter. So what would be the best spot? Um, well, the, you can go to the website and then sign up for my newsletter. And um, the newsletter is weekly every Tuesday. And then there's another one that I send out on the weekends, which is all about you. And that one features uppercase readers and their creativity. So you can get two if you sign up. And um, yeah, that is the first place where I announce open calls and the themes of what I'm working on. Um, So I broadcast that first to the newsletter list. And then the second place is I put it on the website. I'm kind of re rejigging my website right now moving kind of I had two separate sites and I'm moving them all into one Mm -hmm. but you can go to uppercasemagazine.com slash participate and that's where all the open calls um, are posted or linked to so those are the two kind of sources for participation and then I'm active on Instagram which is uppercase mag Mm -hmm. and lately I've just been featuring a lot of other people's when they when they take a picture of the magazine or my books I like to repost them more. and so I'm, I'm I'm actively looking though on Instagram when I'm on Instagram I'm always um keeping an eye out so yeah am I finding ideas and and getting in contact with people via Instagram so those are the, the main places where I spend my digital time so I'm going to just give a quick two second shout out because uh, for all the newsletters I subscribe to, yours is the one that I consistently open and read like every week. It's really, really good. So if you're out there, you should totally subscribe to our <laughs> newsletter. It's very good. It Thank is. It's like a much. little, it's a weekly dose of inspiration in between because the magazine comes every three or four months 
four months. Yeah, every, yeah. three months. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just awesome. I like the one that you cover with all the people and it. it's really good. Yeah. It's inspiring. Yeah. That's all about you. Newsletter. Thank you. And I that one, the name of it. that one is, um, that one's fun to do because it's easy for me because people just submit and then I put it into the newsletter and like basically 99% of what's submitted I put in, first of all, because my readers are super talented and yeah. visually savvy. And they always submit really awesome things. Yeah. Um, and so it's just fun to um, turn around and say, okay, this is what people are, are doing and making yeah. right now. And then, here you go. Like it's just, that's a, just a fun one to do. And then the one on Tuesdays, that one's more difficult for me to do because I don't have to like write it and I usually spend a full day <laughs> figuring <laughs> it out. But it's, um, it's well worth worth my time to do those those two things well janine thank you so much for being on the show it was really lovely speaking with you thanks for again for having me and for helping me uh potentially reach some more readers through your podcast i'm very honored wonderful the show notes for this episode are available at lanternpodcast.com We welcome feedback about this episode or ideas for future podcasts at feedback at lanternpodcast.com. Coming up in episode five, we have Amy Eaton of Amy Takes Pictures. Amy will be giving her top photography tips and tricks for makers and artists.